0: how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere.
1: Edwards three-pointer is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. Corner! Corner!
0: They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni and join me once again this Ish Mill Johnson. Ish. Um I don't know. We could just jump right into it, man. North <laughs> We were at the super pit last night. Yeah. I was at uh LSU Women's versus uh South Carolina, which was about to say we were both
0: on tap for some
1: bangers. Some bangers, absolute bangers. Um so uh yeah, but yeah, in the super pit, North Texas takes down SMU. Jump right into the deep end, man. This was uh, a game between two teams that hadn't played in, what, 22 years, something along 22 the 22
0: years, yeah. 2002 was the last time they played.
1: Two teams, two programs that I think have, for one reason or another, one coach or the other, kind of avoided each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I remember talking to, was it Grant? Uh, Earlier, early on, he was like, ah, you know you know they, they don't they don't want they don't want to play us and it was like all right but i'm sure when tony benford was at north texas he didn't want to play smu and so on and so forth like i'm sure it goes back and forth sure they sure. they finally play they're forced to play and it is an absolute blockbuster i mean it's a classic game between two dfw teams so i'll let i'll throw it to you yeah
0: 68 66 i mean uh, north texas came out on top uh had a little mini court storming from the student section. The maniacs, the mean green maniacs got a little mini court storming afterward uh, because this is the last, this is the first of two games that are the last for the foreseeable future. Once SMU goes to the ACC um, and then theoretically the whole, they don't want to play us thing. will pick back up because yeah. at that point, like SMU or North Texas is a mid major power right now at this point, And SMU is going to want to be able to have a good enough resume to make the tournament. And you know what ruins resumes is losses to mid majors in <laughs> non conference. So uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's going to be uh, that's why these next this 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 game and then this next game coming up uh, back at the hilltop are going to be crazy. I think on February eleventh, yeah. but the environment was awesome. Like the students set a new student attendance record. I believe it. I believe they hit sixty two hundred total in the super pit, um, and it was to me. I think that Ross Ross Hodge after the game mentioned uh, said it best. Somebody asked him, might have been Brett Vito. He asked him, "Was like, hey, what was the difference? Like, what were you guys able to like pull away? Or you know, what, in the end, how did you guys come away with this? Because it was back and forth constantly the entire game. I think the largest lead might have been like maybe six points. Um, and Ross said it. He's like, they missed the shot at the end. Like, it wasn't a game that was like." Yep full of defensive lapses one team turned the ball over you know one team was just overwhelmed the other you know there wasn't like a I think the rebounding was roughly tied or like maybe one or two difference uh in SMU's favor Yeah, and it was just two teams playing their style of ball at a high level and yeah at the end SMU had a clear shot from three and didn't get and that that's it right like that was, the, that was the deciding factor, and I thought, if you if, again, if you have not seen this game, go back and watch it because it is just two teams playing their style of ball and executing. Sure, not everybody had a best – like, you know, C.J. Nolan didn't have a good shooting night. Uh, Samuel Linson didn't have a good shooting night for SMU. But, like, outside of those two, everything else is just, like, two coaches, two schemes, two programs going at it at the top of their power.
1: Yeah, yeah, more points than I expected to be scored here, 68-66. Both teams shoot 45% from the court and yep. – it was a faster-paced game than I think we were expecting as yes. well. Because 100%. both teams realized, or both coaches realized, I think especially I think, especially Ross Hodge, because a lot of times North Texas can dictate the tempo of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of realized you can't really score on this SMU team in half court. You're just never really going to do it. And while North Texas has been a really good offense rebounding team this year, SMU, I think, did a fantastic job on the glass. Trying, I mean, they're really athletic, as we know, on the wings and in the front court. So yeah. um there was it was a matchup where I don't look at it as like these teams on paper, just physical, physically, match up really well with each other. I mm-hmm. mean, um, you have like like if you look at Sam Williamson and Aaron Scott next to each other, they look like, you know, six, eight dudes with right. long arms that can, you know, that are prototypical type of wings. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was kind of my takeaway is they shot teams shot the ball better than I, thought, I expected. I mean, before that last shot, SMU was four of 10 from three. I mean, you take that every time if you're. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was the difference in the first half was that honestly, so UNT shot a little better in the first half from three um, SMU, I think at UNT weirdly enough played a little bit more with pace. Um, so they were, they were to get a couple more shots up in the first half in particular. And that was kind of the difference. I incorrectly judged. I was like, I was—I remember watching the offense in the first half, and I was like, SMU having an easier time in the half court than UNT was, mm-hmm. and I thought you—I thought SMU's defense was playing better, but UNT was having a better night from deep, and that's kind of what gave them the edge early. And I thought, okay, if it continues at this pace, I think SMU is going to be the one to pull it out. Now, granted, I think the difference here—I think that did play out more or less, more of that same script. I think the difference was UNT had the two shot makers. Right. And in the end, when SMU needed granted, he almost did it, Zurich Phelps, uh, when when they needed buckets, yeah. Zurch, it was Zurich Phelps, hey, we need a bucket. And it, and again, he had a good big and one down the stretch. He was really he drew a foul, like he, he was able to get in the lane and get that kind of turn away fader kind of a couple times. Yeah. And he really frustrated UNT at times. And again, not it, it takes special talents like him, like a jelly Walker to just kind of like break the UNT defense by themselves. Mm. Um, And he almost did it. But in the end, I think this is the difference between this year's UNT team and last year's, which is why, I mean, I want to, I'm going to, we'll have this discussion. I think this team could be better than last year's because of the fact that they may not have a Tyler Perry in terms of individual talent, but they have a guy who can do that role in Jason Edwards as I get a little emoji, I guess they have like a little, look at that. Yeah.
1: Colin and I were toying with that last night. We, we, we found out there's something I did that made yeah. a balloon pop up. That's so funny. I don't know what that was exactly. I had like a two up or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh,
0: so they, don't again, individual talent probably don't have a Tyler Perry, but they have Jason Edwards who can do the Tyler Perry role, which is get the big buckets. But also they have a guy who can just John Bugs is one, a fearless shooter, right? Contested, uncontested, whatever. And he's a streaky shooter in a good way. He went four for four yesterday. And it will you can tell it was like it was like one or two po- he better touch the ball in two possessions, right? Because he's gonna he's gonna shoot it again. He's hot. Yeah, and that's something they didn't have with Tyler Perry, in my opinion. Was and again, this is without Ruben Jones, right? This is Aaron Scott fouled out, right? This is like this wasn't them at their peak power, but they still looked really good. And I think if they get John Bugs at this level, if they get Ruben Jones back healthy, I think this team can push higher to what last year's. I think they can make the tournaments flat out. Like, we'll see again. They play FAU, right, this weekend. It's going to be a massive game for them. But I don't know. I came away from that team game saying, like, I think this team could be, could be better than last year.
1: I definitely think they're deeper than last year at full strength. Your eight-man rotation, the starting five we know, but off the bench, Robert Allen, John Bugs, Rondell Walker. Like, I think that's just an elite eight man rotation. I do want to mention, too,
0: I asked uh, Hodge about this. Leading scores Edwards, Bugs, Roberts, neither Robert Allen, um, uh, neither of them were on the team last year. All newcomers, all playing under him, right? These aren't guys, it's not the Ruben Jones, it's not the Sissokos, it's not the Aaron Scott. uh, Aaron Scott, like, it was guys who saw this program from afar and said, I want to be part of that. So, Again, I think that speaks well to what they had in mind when they promoted Ross Hodge. But I just thought that was interesting that the three leading scorers and then the two guys down the stretch weren't on the team last year.
1: Yeah. And we'll see what Ruben Jones' injury is. Or, well, we know what it is. It's his hamstring. Yeah. But yeah, he re, um, re- aggravated.
0: Yeah. He started the game, um, re aggravated it, unfortunately. So yeah, we'll hopefully. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they could, if he was good enough to go, then I feel like, again, we'll see. But like if he was good enough to give it a go last night, I wonder if it's like, okay, let's just give them a little more time, right? Instead of like, instead of, I don't, I, again, this is me speculating. I haven't heard anything, but like, I don't think it's anything that's going to keep them out the rest of the year, but I don't think it's anything they should be like, okay, you're good for FAU now. Yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like this is something that's like, let's have them ready for the latter half of conference and let's give them a little bit more time.
1: Exactly. I was thinking they play SMU on the 11th, mm-hmm. that's two weeks. I think something like that timetable, like two weeks, maybe, which is Mm -hmm. five games, which is substantial, but, or is it four games? Four games. yeah. So it's just, it's been lingering. This is actually the hamstring that he injured his freshman year that held him out of the uh, NCAA tournament. When they beat Mm -hmm. Purdue, he didn't play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same hamstring. So it's um, reoccurring. You want him to take care of it, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, FAU on the road on Sunday, I think, will be a really, really tough game. But FAU's been inconsistent, so. Who knows? Yeah. Um, From SMU side of things, I mean, I know, obviously, tough loss. Mm-hmm. They dropped a four and two in conference with really the two. I mean, they beat Charlotte to open up, which is a good win. Charlotte's good. Yeah. But they've lost to Memphis and North Texas and by a combined five points here. I mean, I think they're still in in this thing. They only play FAU once mm-hmm. this year. They, they play Memphis one more time. So I don't. I don't know what their what their ceiling is, or does this change anything for you?
0: No, I, I kind of came away impressed with both. Like I really did. Like I thought, like I mentioned, the fact that I think they were able to play a North Texas team to a stalemate defensively shows what they were, what what he's built this year is legit, right? It's not like they're not just. It's not just the fact that their non-conference was pretty unimpressive, uh, schedule wise or whatever. I think like this team is good. Um, I do think that the thing that does concern me a little bit that did get confirmed last night was that yeah man offensively it's not it's it's just not much right it's it's zurch phelps crashing the lane and maybe chuck harris or jalen smith can get a three um i i I texted you this i don't understand samuel williamson's game like i just don't Mm -hmm. he is he's one of their better defenders right he's able to switch a lot like he's not a mismatch on anybody um, so when they play him at the, at the big spot, like, okay, cool. You can switch, you can kind of hedge hard and all that stuff. So like, he's able to defend the perimeter. He's able to bring the ball up the court, but like, he's not really a good shooter. He doesn't really have a post game. He really can't drive to the basket. either. So like, he's very gifted, but like, I don't know if he knows how to use it. And it feels mm-hmm. like trying to keep him involved because he is gifted kind of makes messes with the flow of that offense a little bit.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. Um, I want to flip it uh, to a team we I, I admittedly have not talked enough about um, mm. this year, North Texas women's basketball. Yes. They are currently tied for first in the American. Um, this is a team that had a big week beating USF on the road in a really, really tight game, 65-61, go back and forth. Back, let me see how many lead changes there were, if I can find it, mm-hmm. um, on the GameCast. Because if you look at the GameCast, it's like both lines just going back and forth in and out right. the whole time. Um, but, yeah, just an incredible win there for them. Uh, Desiree Colonel and Tamisha Lampkin uh, end with 20 points and 19 points. Um, I'm going to say it right now. I, You can correct me if I'm wrong that's the best front court in Texas right now or at yeah. least or at least the most productive front court. Yeah, team. no like honestly, know, Texas is the only one the only other team that can be in that conversation right with Taylor Jones and whoever else you want to put it I mean they have like five they rotate but like right. just as far as a one two goes on the season they're averaging um Colonel and Lampkin are averaging uh, I don't know where the points go uh 16 and eight for for <laughs> Colonel and 15 and seven for Lampkin. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they are just dominating games and they're having uh, awesome years. Colonel's also shooting 40% from three Lampkin's shooting 67% from the field. If there's a more productive front court in Texas, I'm not thinking of them right now. Again, Texas is the only one that comes to mind that I think could be in that conversation. TCU Prince, but I mean, who's there for? I don't, remember off the top of my head so yeah this this team's been really good they also got a huge comeback win over Tulane uh 77 to 70 in overtime they were down 15 I believe in the third quarter um but yeah coach Burton man I'll say this so candidate for sure
0: yeah so this is actually actually goes well because Justin Carter just put out a piece where he asked the question is this the best UNC women's team ever because the on pace right now they're on pace to be having those conversations pretty soon. Right. Obviously they have the tournament team in 98, 99. I think that, uh, Jaylee Mitchell was on. Um, so sure. They have that lofty goal. To, but as far as like numbers and like win percentage right now, again, early in the year, it could, things could turn around. They're having a higher win percentage right now. They're at 84%, uh, 16 and three, the title, the, the tournament team, I believe had a 71% win percentage. Um, and they let me see. That was one of just three teams. I'm reading from his piece now. One of three teams in the program in program history to win 20 games. Right. So like already in year one, he's four four game four wins away from reaching 20 wins for the first for the only the fourth time.
1: So again, well, I'll tell you this right now. He yeah. it's better than any Jaley Mitchell team. And I covered oh, 100%, 100%. I covered like five of those Jaley Mitchell teams, and they were they had some decent runs, but they this team is just worlds better than than any of them.
0: Oh yeah, no, 100%. And so I mean, it's already looking like a home run hire, right? They've brought in like he brought in a lot of talent and that talent hit the ground running. Um and yeah, I mean I we again, we'll we'll have to wait for that big conversation, but I like that it's being brought up, right? It shows that like okay, let's we're going to start looking at this is like in like a historical sense. I believe it was the best start to a first-year head coach ever, right. I think. Yeah. Um so yeah, again, I when they when they initially made the Jason Burton hire, I thought it was a good hire, but I also thought it was a year too early. I just thought that they wouldn't hire because he was okay at commerce, had some injuries, things like that. Yeah. Uh, his first year in, in division one, I, I should say. Um so I was wondering, I was like, okay, did they strike iron a little too early? But no, I think it's I think we're learning that basketball is basketball and winning is winning. And <laughs> whether it's a D two or D one or whatever, like he you knows how to coach ball.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um Big game against UAB coming up for them at home. I believe UAB is tied with them for first place in the conference. And then they got UTSA
0: uh, uh, after that or next week.
1: Yeah, UTSA after that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I do want to, to shout them out because this front court is playing just incredible every yep. single game. Um, and again, shout out Jocelyn Moore. Shout out DeAny Robinson. Um, th- this is a, a really, really fun team. Desiree Wooten. Has been shooting the ball um pretty well. So yeah, uh shout out to them. I had let's jump to the big twelve. Oh, let's do it. Let's jump to the big twelve. Um the men's but we'll start with on the men's side. Um I watched Tuesday night was a big night. Houston beat BYU on the mm-hmm. road, and Texas beat Oklahoma. Um was that at home or on the road?
0: That oh, was that on the road.
1: On the road, yeah. So Two big wins there. Um, and then you quick, came
0: back against Oklahoma State.
1: That's right. Yeah, they did. They got a five-point win there against, uh, at Oklahoma State. Dang, that's a lot of road wins there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I want to real quick start with Houston because I think that's a massive win. A lot of people thought that BYU was going to win. BYU is a very tough pl- place to play, as we know. Yeah. But they kind of just they just pulled away. Like BYU made its run and then Houston pulled away at the end and, and mm-hmm. gets gets the 68 win. Um LJ Cryer, five and nine from three, Damian Dunn, two of four. Damian Dunn's been a lot better since the early conference struggles that he had. Mm-hmm. So I want to give him credit, but this was a. I was worried. BYU is a fun team to watch because they can all shoot the ball. They play with right. great pace. They share the ball like they. Houston wasn't able to take them out of their rhythm really for the most part. Um, you know they shoot a lot of threes. They went 11 of 38 from three, so not a high percentage BYU, but only 13 mm-hmm. turnovers. I thought BYU was pretty comfortable, and Houston still found a way, even with it being a little bit higher scoring, to get the win. So I, I think this was the type of win Houston needs to Mm -hmm. get to show me all right they can win in different ways and if a team does shoot a lot of threes against them and maybe gets hot I think Houston does have that potential to match them offensively and that's that's a big thing I wasn't sure they were able to do
0: yeah I was about to say that I mean that's that's kind of been the MO with this Houston defense is like the one way to get to them is the fact that they give up a lot of three-point shooting Um, they're good at defending the line but they still give up a lot of shots because they're so good at containing the paint um and so it was like okay what's a team what's a good three-point shooting team have against them and yeah you saw it yesterday like BYU got their shots off but didn't hit that much and they were able to kind of make them go elsewhere for to to kind of win the game a little bit and yeah I think it's a good thing for for Houston to see that okay cool we can even do this against good three-point shooting teams um I think I'm really excited for I wish that I wish they had more games against Baylor (laughs) they Mm -hmm. only have the one um i believe uh, february twenty fourth. jesus such a long time um so again i'll be fascinated to see how they handle baylor but like byu is probably the best shooting team or one of the best baylor's the best right now in the conference um but yeah step one past like like you mentioned not an easy place to play provo um yeah
1: so also their second true road win of the year, first coming against Xavier. Mm, this one mm. time They had lost, obviously, to Iowa State and TCU. The yeah. mental hurdle side of this thing is big. Kansas State at home on Saturday, and then they get the Texas-Kansas road trip to 29th and 3rd. This conference is, this yeah. conference is stupid. This conference is amazing. Also, yeah. I'll note on Kim Palm, they are currently, well, they've been the number one defense in the country the entire year on yep. Ken Palm. Um, they are like five efficiency points higher than anybody else. So that will not be changing anytime soon. Um, but just on a quick search, over the past five years, they look like they're a top five defense in the past five years. Mm. So they're just, they're doing it again. They're undersized. This is an incredible coaching job. But also, I mean, Jamal Shed, LJ Cryer, like the. The experienced, like guys like Juwan Roberts and so on and mm-hmm. so forth, they deserve a lot of credit because you always hear you win with experience in college basketball. They are a, a shining example of yep. that. So, um, yeah, shout out to them. Uh, and Texas, Oklahoma, that was the other one. Yes, um, we got some eyes on as well. I watched a majority of that. Uh, good win. I'll let you go first. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, What's like.
0: This is a team that had its back against the wall a week ago, right? Yeah. And I'd say it's a good. Here's the thing: Do I think Oklahoma might have been a little overrated? Yes, right.
1: They were not. The, um, they're not the eleventh best team in the country. I'm sorry. Right, I, right, I was about to say the
0: ranking got a little, a little calmed down, right? Uh, I think they're a fine team, but yeah. they're also a team that play like I mean, they beat Iowa, cool, um, and they beat Providence under a new head coach, cool. You know, like I think it's a good team. I don't think it's a top ten, top fifteen team. With that being said, Texas beating them on the road, double digits, that's impressive, right? Like, especially considering where we thought Texas was at. And so do I, I don't, I weigh the Baylor win more heavily, right? I weigh their response after the UCF game and the West Virginia game at Baylor more than I do for Oklahoma. But in the context of those two games together, yeah, I think Texas has taken a step forward. Now they have BYU and Houston and think again this could go south really quick but i think right now texas is playing at a level to where i'm not worried about them getting embarrassed in those games right a week ago i was worried about them getting embarrassed in those games now i'm like okay i'm curious right do i think they can go to like, it's not gonna be easy do i think they can go to BYU and win yeah we've seen BYU lose right we saw i think they lost to cincinnati earlier this year mm-hmm. um we've seen them yeah. of course we saw them against houston and tech and like i think they can go to BYU and win uh, Houston, that's gonna be a tough game, but I'm not gonna I'm not worried about them getting out muscled in that game. They're probably gonna lose just because Houston beats a lot of people. Um, but to me, this game, and we've said it before, I think Rodney Terry's finished figuring out his rotations, which is big. Because Kendall Weaver's playing a lot more.
1: <laughs> yes. And
0: he's showing that, okay, we don't have guard depth. We need somebody who can just do a lot of things. And Kendall Weaver can do a lot of things. He's finally – he added scoring, right? He finished the game against Baylor. He added a little bit of scoring in this one. Good. He's finishing out – he's he's kind of figuring out who he can play, who we can trust in these big moments.
1: Max Aismas is nearing, like, top – team. he's going to finish as, like, a top 10 scorer in college basketball history. And mm-hmm. I think – how do i word this baylor and oklahoma did a poor job i think of containing him um and against baylor he wasn't the most efficient but he had seven assists one turnover like Mm -hmm. those teams didn't feel like they made him uncomfortable against west virginia he had five turnovers uh in games that they've lost texas tech four turnovers marquette four turnovers like ucf three turnovers those are you have to make asmus uncomfortable because if he's comfortable he is an absolute dynamite score yeah. and i wasn't sure i thought teams would continue to make him uncomfortable and make him inefficient but the last two games he's been good enough for them to win and especially in oklahoma he was terrific so give him credit I mean, dylan desu is an absolute game changer but we've we've talked about that all year this is, yeah. this is he's the one that changes this team when they got him back healthy it's like all right put him in the lineup take shedrick out do mm-hmm. whatever you got to do give the ball to Dylan Sue. Those 1-5 one five, one five pick and rolls are impossible to stop with A's missing, and hitting him.
0: And I think the one thing that I'm seeing more of now that I was a little I don't know, I was curious about like, I get that Tyrese Hunter is the point guard, but like, down the stretch, they just threw the ball to Max Amos, and he was hitting like deep threes, yeah. he kind of set things up off the screen, like, they have the bucket getter, right? Like, I, I they have the guy, and so in this game in particular, he kind of like it looked like it was he played a lot more loose than he has in recently. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if there was a change there or, or if it was just one of those games, but I thought that he had some big shot. He had that one three that was like midway through the fourth or the second half where he just like launched it from the logo yeah. almost. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, let's see more of that. Like, they're gonna need that, right? They're gonna need those type of shots, that type of like momentum swinging moments. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've he's definitely. Been a, a good constant for them all year.
1: Yeah, I, I still don't think this is the. They might they're, they're probably a tournament team now. Like if you look at them, if they can go eight and maintain a conference, they're going to make the tournament. Sure. Um, but I I this didn't dissuade me a ton. Like you said, the Baylor win, even if though though that was at home, I still think that was a more impressive win than Oklahoma. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how the next two games go. Yeah. On. The women's side, I watched the highlights to this. I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The women's side, Texas, loses to Oklahoma at home, 87 to 91. It essentially, we talked about it last time that the Big 12 was increasingly becoming like the three non Texas teams taking over Kansas State, Oklahoma, and uh, who's the other one I'm missing there? Uh, mm-hmm. Kansas State, Oklahoma, and uh, not Kansas. Is it Kansas I don't remember um I'll look up the the big 12 standings in a second but Texas kind of needed this one if they were going to get into that upper echelon and the big concern here for me is we had talked about Texas women's the entire year and be like all right now that you don't have Roy Harmon you have to kind of revert back to Vic Schaefer Ball, and you give up 91 points to Oklahoma I don't yeah. care if Madison Booker drops 50 this team is not beating a team that scores 90 points on them so that's right. With 29, 10 with 19 shooting. She's tremendous. She's awesome. Um, you know they have four players in double figures. Shea Holly's twenty two, but this team is not gonna be able to just outscore people. So yeah. that's a that's a tough loss.
0: Yeah. Um. One of the ones I was the, I was at the TCU game. Uh. TCU UCF this week. Uh. The debut of uh, the I guess in uniform. The debut of some of the walk ons. Oh, yeah. Um, we were curious, you know, like, hey, how many of them play? Do they play at all? And, you know, only Sarah Sylvester got in um, third period. She's the volleyball player, um, the middle blocker for TCU. Um, she got in, I think, and there was some foul trouble. But what I walked away with from that game is that Mark Campbell is a star in this <laughs> sport, like genuinely a star. He, I put a piece up on text on on, on the website, so go check that out. He's going to coach in way more important games, right? He's going to coach in championships and all this stuff. He's not going to coach a more impressive game than I think I saw in that UCF game. Uh, eleven players healthy, including the walk-ons, right? So eleven total players healthy. Three, uh, three of them, of course, hadn't touched a basketball in a year. <laughs> Uh, the other one was a volleyball player, so she was kind of in the most shape of any of them. Uh, also hadn't touched the ball in uh, a basketball in two years. Two starters from the beginning of the year left in, uh, Agnes Emanopu and Sydney Harris. I believe Sydney Harris. Everybody else was either starting their first game or playing a position they hadn't played at TCU. Aliyah Robertson never played the five, uh, Victoria Flores, the true freshman point guard, and they go and beat you. Now, let me, with a caveat, UCF is not very good this year, right? Yeah. Um, but that's still a team that's been playing together. That's still a team that's played starting minutes together. He straight up said, we did not have enough bodies to run five, five on five in practice. <laughs> we ran fours. And they installed a five-out motion offense overnight just to give these players something to run because they didn't have enough bigs. Aliyah Robertson's yeah. their only healthy big left. And she's never played the five, but she can shoot. So it was like, okay, cool. And so against UCF was the first time they ran that offense live. And that blew my mind because they scored 27 points in the first quarter. <laughs> they just absolutely caught fire. He basically, he's like, yeah, we scrapped. We didn't run any of our sets from the pick and roll offense that I like to run. Like we didn't, well, blah, blah, The zone defense, Ali Robertson never manned the zone defense from the middle. Like it was just like, huh? Like I'm watching and I'm like, am I watching this right? And somebody asked about the walk-ons after the game. And he was like, yeah, you know, right now, like, you know, they just they just put on a uniform. You know, they haven't gotten they haven't practiced yet. They haven't done yeah, these yeah. things. But he's like, it's all hands on deck. Like we don't have you know, we have we have injuries. <laughs> so like they're going to play this year. I don't know how much. But like he's like, once we get them in shape, once we get them, blah, blah, blah. He, <laughs> the funny thing is also they couldn't practice because, duh, their students, their schedules don't acclimate to the practice oh, schedule.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, I so, about that. and
0: so he was like the past couple of days have been about onboarding and compliance and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they couldn't practice because I think they practiced at like noon or something. And of course they have class. So it's like, yeah. we got to rearrange their schedules. And like, so they literally just like went to the tryout, got the, got, got on the team, did all the the media prep work, you know, the photo shoots and everything. And then just came to the game. And they said they had to have like an hour shooter on before shoot around just to walk through their shooting drills, just to walk through their blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's coach of the year right now. And I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't care. He's coach of the year. <laughs> Three players finished with four fouls, starting, mm-hmm. like, on the floor. Yeah. I think Aaliyah Robertson and Agnes Emanopu played the entire fourth quarter with four fouls. <laughs> like, it was like, what am I yeah. watching? I thought I was going to see another walk-on get in the game because just because they had to. no. Yeah. They just stayed disciplined, didn't – it was – I don't know. Again, I'm going to see higher stakes games this year, but that was the best coaching performance I've seen this year. Overnight, within two days, they put together a new offense that they couldn't even run full-time in practice.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. Um, all right, two more results here yep. to talk about. Um, <laughs> our boy Brady Keene, head coach at Bandera Basketball, uh, was in attendance <laughs> – for UTSA shout out, shout
0: beat, out
1: Bandera to beat shout out, Bandera. Um UTSA beats Tulane 89 to 88 after oh months of us trashing them, me, me trashing them, of hey, laughing well, we both at were. them. We both, we, both we both were. I just didn't want to lump you in there. You <laughs> you wanted to maybe act like you weren't. No, uh, no, no. I'm
0: not gonna claim that. <laughs> laughing at
1: them because last year awful. We talked about it. This year started out awful. We talked about it. They start off conference play and they look like a different team. We don't we they barely lose to UAB. They beat Rice, barely go to overtime with Memphis, barely lose to Charlotte, beat or no, then they get blown up by Tulsa, but then take FAU to overtime and then finally hmm. finally they get the breakthrough beating Tulane 89 to 88 on a game winner from 3. That was a heave, by the way. It was like a it was a prayer of a shot, too. <laughs> and it drops. And I think that is the basketball gods rewarding them for actually putting together a competent basketball team and being competently coached and putting together good effort. And um, shout-out Steve Henson, man. Shout-out Steve Henson. I don't know how you did it. I don't know why you did it. I don't know what your inner motivation, but whatever it is, Um, credit to you for getting some guards back again. Jordan, Ivy Tucker, Christian, or Jordan, Ivy Curry, Christian Tucker. Um, we've talked, uh, Lingard. uh, Carlos Lingard dropping
0: 31 in that game, by the way.
1: 31. Uh, obviously he's not a guard seven footer, but, um, they figured, they figured some stuff out. They were, they're comp They're very competitive. They're up to 274th in Ken Palm when at one point this year, they were 306th uh this is the comeback story of the year right like nfl's got the comeback player of the year comeback team of the year utsa
0: yeah i mean like you know we we, we say that jokingly but it's kind of true like this team is pretty good this year um i don't know if this is just what they're gonna be or if this is like them riding high or whatever but like i'm kind of waiting for like this you know the 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 wind to be taken out but it's just just kind of keeps well, happening. it could have
1: been taken out against Tulsa. You lose by 30 on true, the road true, there. True. That's their true. only bad loss in conference. Seven games played, six of them have been very, very competitive. Mm. That's the one you're like, All right, you lose that game, then you come back home and you play FAU. All mm. right, you're gonna get blown out, probably. Right? No, they go to, they go to, wasn't it double overtime? Yeah, it was double overtime, yep. wasn't it? Um, just they, they come right back. This has been one of the more surprising stories that I can remember of us doing this podcast over the last three, four years. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting this.
0: No, honestly. So what's crazy is like, that they're just this insanely good three point shooting team right now. Right. They're, they're living and dying by the outside shot. Right. I believe they have, let me see. They're second.
1: in three-point attempt rate in the conference there's one two
0: three players are in the top 20 of uh three-point attempts right now in the conference yeah these again sure if that's if if you need a a equalizer yeah Yeah. go for it carlton lingard shooting 60 percent from three or no sorry uh what is it where is it he's shooting
1: no not lingard or is it lingard I thought it was. Lindo. I
0: thought it was Linger. No, yeah, no Linger
1: shooting. Yeah, well, he's shooting thirty-three percent on the on the season, but yeah.
0: Sorry, yes, sorry. Uh, thirty-two percent on the season, but he's shooting like five attempts a game at seven feet. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Like, like that's insane to me. He shot sixty percent against Tulane. That's what it was. Um, so again, they're just like, this is our style. We're just gonna do it this way. We're just gonna surround you with shooting. We're not going to be good defensively. Like they're not. They're probably not. I think they're the worst team in the conference defensively. Yes, yes they are. Um, But it doesn't matter because you can knock off any team any day when you just get hot. And what did we say? You know, this is gonna this is gonna play to you,
1: Brudy. I want to see if you're thinking what I'm thinking, but go ahead. <laughs>
0: How did they do in one offseason what we've been wanting Rice to do? This longest. is
1: exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I was like, this is what Rice was supposed to
0: be. This is it what is. Rice has been supposed to be for the last three, four years.
1: This is and, the only thing and Steve for Henson Rice.
0: just said, let me just go get a bunch of dudes and do this better than you can.
1: Dude, this is all we've been asking for Rice for the past two years is be like, all right, we get it. You don't play defense. But at least just go score the damn ball. At least go be. Comm- Look at this. I'm about to zoom in on our Kimpom On the Kimpom right here. Look at this. This is UTSA. <laughs> it's like defense. Nah, this, we don't do that here. <laughs> this, their second in field in three point attempt rate. Yeah, they're, they're shooting 35 percent from three. Like this is this is all you need here. Um, this is what we've been asking from Rice. Instead, Rice is over here. Let's do our Kimpom tour. Yeah, 11th in offense. And like just nothing, nothing yeah. to them. Thirteen and turnover percentage. Like this is, this is all we've been asking Rice to do. And How about so, yeah, to last year? You were
0: like seventh in offense last year. Like it's yeah. just, it's 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 very funny that overnight again, everybody left UTSA. Right, everybody left UTSA. John JB, John Bugs, I asked him yesterday, he's played against that UNT crowd. I was like, Hey, you played with that UNT crowd. Now what's that like? And he was like, That's why I came here. Like, I want to play for championships, right? I wanna win.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: like everybody left. <laughs> and Steve is like, screw, we gotta put together some team, and they're already more fun.
1: <laughs> They've I don't again, I don't know what happened. They're one of the worst defenses in the country, but they are now one fifty eighth in offense, which is I'm Meteoric rise for them, so shout out to UTSA, TSA man. This is we'll see how far, how far can it go? Are they just going to be competitive in every single game now? They got USF on the road, and USF's a pretty solid team on yeah. Saturday. Are they going to be within seven here with six? I, 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 are they going to win? I have no I'm not idea. Saying, all I know is they play Rice on Saturday at home or on the February 3rd, yeah, at home. Look, yeah, I'm gonna say the... this right
0: now if you just like watching a fun team that doesn't give a damn (laughs) watch this UTSA team they're they're just cutting the brakes and saying cool no one's playing we can't defend so no one's gonna defend because we're Mm. just gonna score the ball like again we're watching guys who have like green lights everywhere like there's no shot that they won't take and I I don't know if I'm frustrated or if I'm enjoying this if I'm a UTSA fan because I'm a UTSA (laughs) fan I'm like Where's this been? <laughs> you what know, like, mean? yeah, like, did, was like, I don't know, like, did you think that you needed to run something different when you had guys like Jacob Germany and all those? But like, Javon, I don't know, man, this is I, I would I would take this, I would I take would... this for the past three four years. Like, yeah, if yeah. you just said screw defense, yeah, this this is how. You, honestly, if you've been looking at those crowds, people are go like I'm not saying they're selling out, but people going to the Convocation Center, they want to see this team. Like, it seems fun to watch. You know, you're gonna get a show at least.
1: Yeah. All right. Shout out to UTSA. Shout, Shout out to, to UTSA, man. That's <laughs> good. Um, last but not least, I uh, wanted to give a sh- um a, a quick update on the women's uh whack title race because mm-hmm. Stephen F. Austin just got a huge, huge win over Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. fifty nine to fifty four. Um, Grand Canyon, one of the top teams in the conference, uh obviously SFA came in with one loss as well. And for SFA to get this win, like we could be looking at another year where it's all right, let's see it. Let's see them um, make a push potentially for the top of the conference. Now, I believe their only loss was to UT Arlington and we've talked about UT Arlington. They're like just really strange rise up They're five and three mm-hmm. UT Arlington is in conference now. So they're kind of pushing up there as well. Um, but yeah, uh SFA gets the win and I don't have to I didn't I wasn't able to watch the game but Destiny Lombard 15 points five six shooting it's kind of all the names that we have known for SFA sure, throughout the sure. years but uh yeah McClint McCall, Destiny Lombard, Zoe Nelson all in double figures, uh, Kyla Deck um seven points so I'm gonna get my eyes on one of the games on uh, one of their games soon but uh this that's a, a big win and we'll see they got Tarleton no I'm sorry they got Cal Baptist and Utah Valley coming up, so I think Cal Baptist is actually, yeah, uh, Grand Canyon, Cal Baptist, and SFA all have one loss right now.
0: Okay, so. nice. Oh, yeah, we'll have to get eyes on them, and then we'll probably do a kind of a focus on them to lead one of the episodes. So, yeah, yeah, Grand Canyon, Cal Baptist. So tomorrow, right? Cal Baptist
1: is that tomorrow? I, I think it's tomorrow.
0: yeah, twenty seventh. Um, and then, bah, 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 Grand Canyon. They already played they already beat them of course but then they play again on march 2nd so okay yeah i'll see if i can get eyes on that tomorrow and we can probably talk about that in the next episode yep for sure
1: all right um that's all we got for y'all today hope y'all enjoyed the episode uh leave a like comment share subscribe to youtube if you haven't already and the tiktok uh,
0: putting stuff on there too and the Don't tiktok start
1: <laughs> yes thank you just continue to do it. every time i do a, the plugs at the end just throw in tiktok honestly <laughs> I'm just going to start putting them at the bottom over here. just like Yeah, that'll work here. too. I'm just going to put it like right here uh, the whole time. <laughs> that'll or work. Or like on the ticker. Um, but yeah, follow us there as well. Thank you all for joining us, and we will talk to you all later.